Welcome back to the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward and I am your esteemed host. I'm so excited for the this episode of the Mass Business Podcast for two reasons. Number one, today is book launch day for the High Five Effect, how to do business with people that bring you joy. I hope that you check it out at highfiveeffect.com and uh, you can check uh, the links in the show notes on the website page. Uh, it, it's about building your business and getting more time, more money, more time, and more freedom. Uh, and that is actually coming out today. But first, I've got a great guest for you. Uh, Mike Boothby, I met through networking in Massachusetts, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. He's the owner and operator of ADAC Homes, and he's been an electrician for over 20 years, dealing in all facets of the trade, residential, commercial, and industrial. And today, we are going to dig in to his journey, no pun intended, of his electrical contracting business. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you on. Hey, Matt. Thanks a lot for having me on today. Well, it's yeah. a, quite a privilege. Absolutely. You know, we, we met through networking and, and I'm excited. I think I got introduced to you maybe from perhaps Ed Booth, I think. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. That's who it was. Okay, great. Now, now TV star Ed Booth. <laughs> oh, he's on TV? Uh, he was on the news. Oh, yes, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So in under 30 seconds or so, tell the listening audience who's listening on their favorite podcast app or watching on YouTube, what it is you do. All right. Hi, my name's Mike Boothby. I'm owner operator of ADAC Homes, which is formerly Boothby Electric, more commonly known as Boothby Electric. Um, I'm been a lifelong electrician since I was a kid. Um, I do a lot of industrial work, commercial work and residential work as well. My business yeah. started, you know, on call service calls that other guys were too busy to do, and I just built my business from there. So, when did you start your business? Um, nineteen ninety-eight. When I got licensed, I started doing stuff for people, and then I went out on my own for good in two thousand and three. Okay, and so take me back to two thousand three. What okay. was it like then when you first went out on your own? Oh, nerve wracking. Um, it was, you know, when you first start out in business, you know, you want to make sure that you have enough work, you know, like two weeks out. Oh, okay. I'm good for two weeks, but then what, you know, and you got, and you panic and, and, you know, I, I did a few years of that and then randomly met somebody at the local dump who invited me to a BNI meeting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my networking career took off from there. And ever since I've had, you know, 
enough work to keep me busy, you know, even through good times and bad. It's so interesting, isn't it, where we meet people at the local dump. At the dump. That is an honest to God. Was it another tradesperson that was in the networking group? Yes, he was um, the handyman. Mm -hmm. He held the handyman seat in the group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you got involved in that. You started networking. And what's the biggest, I mean, you, you hadn't been doing networking before, so I'm sure you were green at it. You didn't really know what you were doing per se. You were probably skeptical. When did things start to turn around for you around um, networking? You're, you're right. I, I was very skeptical um, and nervous and like I did not know what to expect. But I'd say like a, a six for a tradesman in, in that particular networking group, it was very easy to get work. Mm-hmm. But to make sure that you told people precisely your, your commercials, what you were looking for, for referrals that week, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing, honing your skills, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can talk to anybody, but you got to make sure you're saying the right things, I guess. And yeah, that's something I work with my clients a lot on because I think they don't often know what to say or they stand up, you know, and you get, if this is a weekly networking group, whether it's BNI or AmSpirit or anything else, you get basically 52 minutes a year to say your commercial and people waste them. They use them on the wrong things and they don't drill into other people's heads the consistency of the message that needs to be out there there's a lot of challenges around that um and it and there's a learning curve with it too uh that i think people miss yeah certainly and and the key is to stay relevant because people's memories are very short you know they may not remember that you're a plumber or electrician or an hvac guy and then oh yeah i should have thought of you so you have to keep there's a there's a fine line bes- between being persistent and being a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And and learning, I think my biggest my biggest uh, gratefulness to networking is learning how to walk that fine line and stay relevant with clients. And I've been fortunate where I've got many referrals, all word of mouth. You know. Yeah. Now you're in the trades business, which typically is a problem in networking groups. And the reason it's a problem is because trades come in, they get all this business, and then they leave because they say they're too busy. How do you manage the workload? Because you are, you are probably incredibly busy, are you not? I mean, it's not. Is it lack of work? It's more like lack of help, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did have guys working for me at one point, and... Um, through different means, you know, it's just me by myself now. And I'll be honest with you, I have plenty of work where I can pick and choose what I want to do. And it took me 20 years in business to realize this, but not every referral is a good referral, you know? And so, you know, I, my key is I'm a workaholic. So I, you know, I work as much as I can, you know, to keep, you know, when I'm very client based, you know, make sure my client's needs are met, you know, to their satisfaction. So how do you as as somebody who's so busy, how do you find time for networking? Um, you got to make it. You just have to. It's one of those things that you have to make time for. You mm-hmm. know, it's as simple as brushing your teeth in the morning. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it. 
it's just something you have to do because if you're not constantly moving forward, you know, you're drum, drumming up business, not necessarily for now, but from weeks, months, years. Yeah, down I, I tell people, Mike, the activity that you do now pays off in referrals in six months. Agreed. Yep, I agree with that statement 100%. So what one thing have you done in business, networking or not, or otherwise, that has really paid off for you in droves to grow your business? Oh, you know, I guess as far as networking, just being myself and being honest with people. You know, you, you, you can't get caught in a lie if you're being honest with people, right. you know. And if I can't make it to a job or I can't make it for three weeks or a month, be honest with them. Most people are okay, you know. I mean, I think so. So when you think about tactics, right, to grow your business, honesty is, is fine. That's, that's a character trait, right? What tactic have you done, marketing tactic or otherwise, that has produced great results for you? Something that maybe somebody listening can be like, I want to try that. Uh, you know, I, I use it with the, the old adage to the politicians, getting out there and shaking hands and kissing babies. Yeah. I mean, just getting out there, whether it's networking. And of course, COVID has made it interesting in the last couple of years as far as networking. You know, networking groups aren't always meeting in person anymore. Um, when they are, it's it's much more difficult to, to have that one-to-one -one person contact that is so important because once you once you know somebody and you get to know them you know they're they use you like that's my guy you know mm -hmm. you want to be known as the quote-unquote their guy mm -hmm. and once you can do that and you have their trust then from there you know the word of mouth stuff just comes naturally yeah and it, so interestingly enough i always tell people that um the majority of Referrals don't actually come from clients. They come from referral sources, centers of influence, other tradespeople in your business, for example. Here's why I think that's true in a lot of ways, is that subconsciously people don't want to share you with other people because you are their guy. Yep. Just like you said, right? And so yep. if I share you with two dozen people, you're not going to be available when I have to call you for an electrical <laughs> repair. And yep. you know that's true, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. You know, I need them to come to my place first, you know, so, you know, I'll, I'll give them to you in a couple of weeks type of thing, you know, and that's, and that is so true in a lot of aspects. I, I just, and that's why I, I always keep reminding people that when we focus on what we want, which is referrals, right? We need to focus on the referral sources, not the clients. And so we want to find the people that are constantly referring and also have the ability to refer on a regular basis, which means they're in a position to refer on a regular basis. Clients, you know, a homeowner isn't in, in, in a position to refer electrical contracting on a regular basis, you know? Right. And, and that's but you know who is, is realtors. Yes. And right. I, was, I was going to say, you know, um, your referral sources, I, I like to track. And one of my biggest referral sources was uh, a guy who went to school with my son and has introduced me into a lot of people from my other business and been a great source for me. And so I like to keep track of, 
you know, where it's coming from so I can not only groom them, but, you know, yeah. be thankful to those resources as well. Yeah. And how do you track it? Are you, are you tracking it on, on paper? Are you using software? Are you using spreadsheets? How are you tracking it? I'm running old school on paper. Okay. You know? That's cool. I mean, so one of the one of the tricks that I've taught some of my clients is to use mind mapping software. So there's there's a website called Coggle.it, and it's a free mind mapping software where you can just draw like a chart, and so you just put say like um, you, you put like a networking group, like you put put like uh, uh, the chamber, let's say, and mm -hmm. you met Bob Jones from the chamber, and he introduced you to Jane Smith, and Jane Smith introduced you to uh, John Doe. Right. And so you can have them all be the same color until someone buys. And then you could change that color to like green. Now, when you zoom it out from afar, you can see all the tentacles and where they came from and go back to the sources of where all these great referrals are coming from. And so if you're a visual person, Coggle.it is a great place to visualize your referral sources. Um, but paper works. It, it's the first step in the right process. Yeah. And that does sound interesting. I mean, I, I have, you know, they talk about the tiers, you know, the different tiers of r referrals. And I can tell you to this day, I still have clients from that original BNI in 2007, who are like fifth and sixth tier referrals, you know, and that's important to know where that, to where that came from to continue, you know, workload and revenue stream. Yeah. And so, um, I think it's important to track because then you consistently go back to people, you know, to, to your paperwork to see, because if you're starting to struggle with referrals, then you go back to the tracking. Where did I get that from? Okay. Let me do a reach out to these people who are in this, who, who are showing up as referral sources. One of the first things I tell people to do is write down on a left hand piece of paper or left side of a piece of paper, all their clients, last 10 clients. And then the right-hand side, write down who referred them. And if it was another client, throw it out until you get 10 clients on the left who were referred by 10 non-clients on the right. And then you look at the right side and you say, what is in common? Are they all in the same industry? They live in the same area? They all go to the same little league field I, my kid goes to? Do they all hang out at the same Dunkin' Donuts I buy my coffee at? What's the, what's the common thread? And there's a common thread there, right? And so at the end of the day, that's where you want to focus on your referral sources at. That's, that's a powerful way to do it, you know? And too often, I think we don't do that work, Mike. Yeah. And, you know, I, I come back to your, the big networking event I attended uh, over the summer yeah. up at Stowe. And it was one thing that um, you said that really resonated with me is, networking has the word work in it, yes. you know, and you got to do that work. You've got, you, it's one thing to go get a bunch of business cards and shake hands with people, but that follow-up, you know, yep. um, in my other business, we call it touches, you know, touching those people, you know, once a quarter or once every six months to just say hi, because again, you may just never know. They may be like, Oh, he does this. I know somebody who needs that, you know? Yeah. And, and it's so important to make sure that you put put in the work. Yeah, and I call them reach outs, same difference, touches, whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I have these things also I call touch points, which is very probably almost the same thing. Um, touch points are how 
the ways in which you interact with others um, as it pertains to, you know, relationship building, right? Those are touch points. Trigger points are the things that actually happen in your daily processes or procedures that ultimately trigger you to create an activity in your business, perhaps that also is a touch point. So for instance, I met with somebody for the first time, we did a one-to-one. That's the trigger for a touch point, which is I'm gonna connect on LinkedIn. LinkedIn connection is a touch point. It's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So there's little things like that that, that work great. What, um, what other strategies um, do you think you've been successful at in growing your electrical contracting business that somebody else could possibly learn from, even though they're not an electrical contractor, but they might be able to learn from and try that on their, on their side? I would say the best business tip I could give is, you know, when, when things go well, everybody looks like a rock star. What differentiates the good contractors, the good business people, the good real estate agents from the okay ones is when something goes wrong. You know, how you fix that problem, how you help your client get through it, how you, how you deal with it, um, I think is more important than, you know, the job goes right. Great. But curveballs happen. You need to be able to deal with those curveballs and serve your clients to the best of the, the, of your ability and show them that you are there through thick and thin. Yeah. And I think that's also a growing process, right? Cause sometimes we have to, we have to get accustomed to recognizing the curveballs and the challenges. And, and I think we all, as business owners want to be as honest and ethical as we possibly can. But oftentimes that it stretches our ability sometimes to grow in a small business ownership role, a leadership role to be able to do the things necessary to make things right all the time. Right. Cause sometimes we just think that doing this one thing is enough and sometimes it's just not enough. It is certainly a juggling act, especially as a small business, you know, and I think more now than ever, small business owners are feeling the pain of, you know, bigger companies taking top help, um, you know, workforce yeah. issues, supply yeah. chain issues. You know, there's so many, so many different adversities to deal with. And, you know, small companies are right in the thick of it. Yeah. I mean, and they're caught in the crosshairs in a lot of ways, right? Because it's just like, and, and this is the thing I often like to say is it, it requires a lot of decision making, a lot of decision making. But you have to, as a small business owner, make decisions quickly because if you don't make them quickly, you don't leave yourself enough time to pivot. If you, if you wait too long to make a decision, then ultimately you won't leave yourself that, that gap that you need to change directions. And I had this when I had the agency. I've had it when I had the speaking business. Look what happened with the pandemic. I had to pivot in that. Um, there's a lot that 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 you need to pivot on. I mean, you might be create a product that you never sell a single unit of. That happened to me in the in the web design agency when I had that. And these failure points, you know, you just have to you, you have to make your decisions quickly, so that you leave yourself enough time to transition into the next area that you're going to. You know. If you don't do that, it's 
it could be detrimental to the business. I think that's why so many small business owners die in the first five years. Absolutely. It, it is. I shouldn't say small business there. owners die. That's why so many small businesses <laughs> die in the first five yeah. years. And, and I think um, a lot of people go in into business for themselves thinking different things and it doesn't always pan out that way. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be able to, you know, just make my own hours and have the freedom and, and do this and do that. And that's not the case at all. Instead of having one boss, you have multiple bosses because every one of your clients is a boss essentially. And so I think a lot of um, small businesses, you know, fade off because they, they don't realize the, the effort and the work that's involved. You know, it's, it's interesting. You say that the clients are the boss. It's funny. You say that the terminology, because for many years, I kind of thought the same way. And then I woke up and I said, you know what? They shouldn't be bosses. They should be partners. Right? Okay. That's, why I, that's why I wrote that new book, <laughs> Selfish Plug. This is the high vibe effect. How to do business with people who bring you joy. Like if you're a boss to me as a client, you're not bringing me joy. And so it's time to fire you. It's just, it, if I get those sinking feelings, it's just not going to work. It's just not, I don't, I don't want to then show up on calls and have conversations, you know? And, and I absolutely agree with that. And that's where I came back to the pick and choose, you know, yep. instead of having 25 clients that I have to either haggle with over money or, or, you know, just are incessantly pains in the butts. I can have 10 clients who give me, you know, who I enjoy working with. And I would say 99% of my clients that I have right now, I really enjoy working with. Um, cause they are, they are partners and, you know, um, it, it has changed my mindset in the last few years. Once I, as you say, woke up, yeah, decided to keep just the correct clients. I mean, um, after, at the end of the day, Mike, if, if, if you can raise your prices 10% and your clients aren't balking at that and it's still a fair price and they're still getting great value, right? Then you don't need nearly as many clients to make the same amount of money. And at the end of the day, you won't be running ragged and they won't be pulling on you. And this is the type of thing I try to talk about in the book and also with my clients all the time, that that freedom, which is what the book talks about, more time, uh, more money, more time, and more freedom, that those three things come because it's a very specific choice. And that's the tough thing that I think many small business owners have to think about is this concept of choice. Do I have to do that or do I get to do that? Right? Do I have to work today or do I get to work today? Right? Do I want to work this weekend or 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 do I choose to work this weekend? Or more importantly, do I choose to work today or tomorrow or tonight or however it works? For me, it's all about building a lifestyle, a business around your lifestyle so that you can be much happier and much joyful and still bring enough money in to to pay for everything that you personally have to pay for and because that's why we chase the wrong clients right absolutely we do it for the money all right so i always like to ask my guests two questions before i end the podcast the first one is around software business software that you would use 
not specifically to your industry, but just general business software that you use that you think other people listening should check out? Game-changing tool and software for business owners. What is your suggestion on that? Oh, boy. Um, I'm not a big software guy. I do use QuickBooks and have had success with that. Um, A a good friend who's a client who's become a good friend has uh, turned me on to Quicken for some other things. And so I'm starting to look into that. So billing and financial software. So QuickBooks, a couple other people have mentioned QuickBooks before. Uh, they seem to like it. And so for the small business user, if you if you have not checked out QuickBooks, you might want to do that. Um, I, I don't I don't use it, but my accountant does. <laughs> That's how I do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then the next book, the next uh, the next question. I just gave it away. But the next question, what business book would you recommend that other small business owners read? Oh, boy, there's so many great ones. I'm going way back. Um you know, I, I like to read about CEOs, mm-hmm. you know, so um, when I was younger, I read about uh, Lee Iacocca's book. I thought he was one cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Welch, the uh, mm-hmm. former CEO of General Electric, mm-hmm. another good one. Um, you know, I like to, that's the stuff I like to read myself. Yeah. Um, it helps see the steps through beginning of career to top of the food chain is, as they may say. Yeah. Yeah. You had to bring up food, didn't you? We're going to have to, we're going to have to end this, this podcast with some bacon for sure. I think it's too funny. Um, yeah, it's, it's been great having you on the show, Mike. I really enjoyed it. How can people, if they want to reach out and do a little bit of networking, they might even need some electrical help, uh, in the uh, greater, you know, Massachusetts area. Uh, how would they reach out to you? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, the two easiest ways is to call me. My number is 508-341-2794. Um, text is usually good. A lot of times if I'm doing work in an industrial environment, I can't hear the phone. Um, or email me at boothbeelectric, one word, at gmail.com. So that's my last name, the word electric, at gmail.com. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. All right. Um, We'll make sure we put those all in the show notes so that people can uh, can click on them with their mobile device right on the mobile device or, or the show notes will show up in the app and things like that and certainly on the description on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, so get ready for the, the, the phone to ring, uh, probably just because people want to ask you questions about about the books or the software or even networking, right? You know, because awesome. we might have, you know, the third listener, there's two of us here listening to the podcast right now we might have a third listener listen to this good times um yeah so thanks for listening to us on your favorite podcast app i really enjoyed having you on the show mike thank you so much for coming on uh if you're watching on on youtube make sure you subscribe and hit the notifications button so that you don't miss a single episode that we put up on the channel and if you're listening in your podcast app, make sure that you subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the show. We'd love a five-star review. At least Mike says he would love a five-star review for this episode. Until next time, don't for- what's that? I said, Matt, thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah. Until next time, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Up this morning, gonna grab myself a smile.
Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word-of-mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high-five everyone around you. Feeling all right. Thank you.